People deluded, I'm back again. I hope everybody's doing well and safe. Welcome back to the DG podcast, the really and truly podcast, the people's podcast. You know, whatever you want to call it. As I keep saying, and I've probably said in every episode, every episode it takes on a new name. Obviously, it's the DG podcast, the really and truly podcast, the deluded podcast. But whatever the hell you call it, I don't mind. Just as long as you're A, subscribing on Instagram. I say subscribing on Instagram. I've cocked it up, haven't I, people? I meant follow on Instagram. Let's try and boost me towards 10,000 obviously make sure you're actually subscribing on twitch and on youtube deluded guna taking everything that i've got to do people and i'd I'd like to imagine you're subscribed on if you're watching this you're subscribed on youtube you're following on apple you're spot following on spotify you're on the ball you're supporting the movement and as i said people life could be better it could be a lot worse as i sit here 38,000 subscribers 600 odd followers on twitch got a lot of good things going for me man i'm very blessed to have the community i have and and the things we've amassed and stuff and you lot support whatever i do and i've I've told you lot before i enjoy all the content i enjoy speaking about any anything with you guys because you lot make it so enjoyable but if you had to press me um while arsenal is the team i support and i guess the umbrella kind of falls under arsenal's young players apologies for moving the mic people i like to talk about young the young players and the development the most and obviously after that another favorite bit of my content is my podcast because it just feels a bit more light-hearted a bit more neutral a bit more different i actually really enjoy this people so i appreciate all the support as you lot know it is a bit bipolar in terms of news filtering and stuff we'll end it with transfers as we know but we might as well discuss the latest things that have been happening at the time of making this is 6 52 a.m over here in the uk i hope everyone's doing well and safe as i said good morning good afternoon good evening and even in some cases good night i hope you're doing well and safe no clue why i have not that you look i don't want to you know for the galley of course but for the random i'm sure you don't want to hear i don't know why i'm here in shorts not boxer shorts i've had a shower i'm here in shorts no top and for some reason i've got my my hat over the over the headphones like i've got the headphones over the hat i don't know i'm inside why have i got a hat on like i really am taking this podcast too seriously one sec folks as you can tell the the sound probably temporarily sounded muffled up i just clocked like my head is hella hot i'm thinking what's going on here why am i sweating there's no need for the hat on but it is what it is and I really need to start having coffee before I start this because I, I, I'm sorry for the yawning. I'm going to start with a story which is, I say ever emerging. We know City or the league and the UEFA, they've been trying to get City for match fix. When I say match fixing, that's not true. For FFP and all of these sort of things and, and whatnot. And there's another story developing. As you know, I'm a football man. I don't, I leave all this financial manipulation, financial doping, finances in general. I leave it to the accountants and the smart people. I just know football in it. I don't know for all of this and, you know, how much the transfer fee is for all of these players. You lot know me. I don't like the fact that fans are too heavily invested in finances. Like, there's some people out there. There's some guys and girls out there. I bet you they could tell you how much money Arsenal has, how much money United and this team has, why they should spend it. But their own finances at home are poor, are terrible. You know, they're not paying their bills on time, you know. Son's asking for a new jumper, you can't buy it because you're buying a new box of fags every day. So I do find it ironic how everybody's an expert of finances of clubs. Everybody knows what to do with the money for clubs, but certain people within their own reality can't pattern up. So it don't make sense. But I was reading The Athletic today, people. Shout out to Max Slater, the article writer. Apparently, the Premier League probe into Manchester City's FFP claims its implications for transparency and what next. 
Referring to the Premier League's probe into allegations that Manchester City may have disguised investment from owner Mansour, Sheikh Mansour, as sponsorship revenue, allegations the club's chief executive, Ferran Serrano, strongly denies. Apparently, a judge wrote, This is an, ed an investigation which commenced in December 2018. It is surprising and a matter of legitimate public concern that so little progress has been made after two and a half years, during which it may be noted the club has been crowned Premier League champions twice. During the same period, City have also been found guilty of cheating on their financial fair play returns by UEFA and thrown out of European football. Obviously, it was overturned by the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Furthermore, they've gone on to win an FA Cup, three League Cups, um, three League Cups and lost a Champions League final as their parent company has brought stakes in four more clubs in four different countries to bring the City Football Group family to 10. And I mean, we know they've monopolised. And I think, I do think clearly there's good things, there's great things and there's bad things with that. You know, obviously City, it can help them with young players. They've got a team in France, team in America, team everywhere. It helps them with sourcing the best young players, helps them with bringing in players and selling them, helps with their, you know, their global footprint and their branding. You know, there's all little things you know it helps with the development of coaches as well because I'm thinking a bit ahead let's just say Joe Bloggs is a Man City coach they think he's got potential but he's obviously not ready to take the net the top job they could send him to the MLS where they've got a club they can send him to Australia they could obviously send him um, to France and obviously coaches that have no ambitions to become managers you know they can share ideas across the continent and help develop the game like with respect to Australia I'm pretty sure the development of the game or development of the coaches in Australia is not to the scale of France so there's little things to learn or if not on a national scale just based on what City have so I quite think it's a good thing but obviously it's monopolised like I would like Arsenal to have it I'd like Arsenal to have a team in France I would like us to have like what these guys have an academy in Africa because we used to be the guys for players in Africa. I know we've got a bunch of African heritage players, but I would have thought you get a team in Mets, um, like Mets, example, to help with work permit issues for people coming over from Africa. For me, you line up something in South America or you bridge it. At least you have a Dutch club. So that allows players from the from from Africa, from South America, from North America, you know, for people that might struggle with work permits to house them in Holland and exploit that, in my opinion. But moving forward, though and we're going off topic with that when you look at Manchester City they have actually used their time profitably um well the article's playing games because apparently they've lost 125 million in 2019 to 20 but they've certainly packed a lot in obviously there's Covid to play a part um moving forward people um you know, as you look, can see the Premier, the Premier League are trying to investigate as well, obviously because of the whistle blown through Rui, Rui Pinto of Football Leaks, the Portuguese whistleblower. Um, as you look, remember in November 2018, Despiel published a series of incendiary stories based on emails stolen by the, the whistleblower. Um, over the week, you obviously saw they claimed that Mansour, a member of the Abu Dhabi royal family and the deputy prime minister of the UAE, had secretly been tapping up the club's revenues via inflated deals with Emirati sponsors. Um, apparently, he claimed he would then reimburse these sponsors, all of whom have close, close links to the Emirati government, out of his own pocket. So... I mean, it's probably, you know, wrong is wrong, in it? But I'm pretty sure the, the people investigating, the UEFA, maybe even the court, all of these guys are corrupt and they all do fucked things like this in their own sort of ways. I'm not saying right, they're right, City are right. I'm just saying it's the belly of the beast, you know. You know, there's no honour among thieves. You're all, you know, if you're, it's a poor example, but, you know, if you're selling drugs and then somebody robs you for your drugs, 
You know, you can't feel any sort of way. There's no um, honor among thieves. You shouldn't be selling drugs, things that are like, that help help people to detour, deteriorate themselves and rob them of their senses and just being a decent human. So, you know, it's a bit like that. When you're all doing this mad thing, you can't get upset. You know, I always find it funny when clubs accuse clubs of tapping up their players when you're tapping up the very same players below that. It's a belly of the beast thing. I'm not saying anybody's right or anybody's wrong. You know, I'm pretty sure these are not the first guys in City that are allegedly tapping and messing around with the finances you know you see a lot of dodgy dealers from Juventus from Barcelona from Real Madrid you know I'm pretty sure no Premier League club excluding City is 100% clean at all people um so yeah people so it seems like the majority of this is coming because of Sheikh Mansour's got himself in some issues people obviously in relation to in relation to spending um apparently um UEFA announced it would look into allegations almost immediately and opened formal investigations in March 2019 the Premier League has a slightly different FFP rules to the Europe European body clubs are allowed to lose significantly more money for example but the same principles apply people um Scrolling forward, people, um, we all know in, 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 in February of 2020, City lawyers said um, this bill had redacted some of the some of the emails and quoted them out of context. The chamber disagreed and found City guilty um, of obviously messing around with their accounts to the tune of more than 200 million and failing to cooperate with European football financial watchdogs. Obviously, City were fined 30 million euros and banned for two years, which once again, upon appealing five minutes later five months later apology you know a three-man panel cleared them um this panel decided some of uefa's case against the premier league side was time bound barred in that event happened outside the governing body's own five-year statute of limitations so they managed to bust it in short sports is the sports highest sports highest court believe city when it said the schemes that appeared to be outlined in the email were not carried out while city did not really try to prove their case to uefa panel they threw everything they had at cast obviously because that was probably upon lawyer advice people but when you move forward um, and you hear about what about the Premier League investigation until this week nobody had a clue what was happening with it in fact some wondered if the league had quietly dropped it but then four judges appeared on the British and Irish legal institutions website and suddenly we know quite a lot says the article how much this much apparently in November in, in August 2019 the league issued a disciplinary complaint against the club and asked City to release documents the club refused in October of the same year the league set up an arbitration um, tribunal to enforce that request the club challenged the tribunal's jurisdiction and impartiality in february of the of the of, of the next year 2020 the league changed its rules to ensure impartiality and the tribunal re reinstated the demand for disclosure november 2020 it was the, you know the tribunal rejected a fresh challenge from the club who then filed an arbitrational claim at the company's court november and december of that year the tribunal again rejected arguments from the club and issued a final demand for disclosure and the order was stayed pending court proceedings proceedings this year in march people justice Mulder rejected the the club's arguments about the league's tribunal denied it permission to appeal and informed city that they intended to publish these decisions um, apparently city however were given permission to apply for an appeal on the publication issue which city accepted in april of this year um Lord Justice Miles accepted the appeal and it was heard on June the 30th by him, Sir John Flokes and the Chancellor of the High Court and Sir Geoffrey Voss, the Master of Rolls. And on June 2020, their rejection of City's appeal was published along with Justice Mulder's findings. Um, absolute madness. 
Apparently, most of the above, which I spoke about, whether the league can compel City to release documents for his investigations and then take the matter to an arbitration or tribute as per, as per its rulebook, with the more transparent court action being about how transparent this process should be. And it is the last argument that gives this saga its real and wider significance, people. Um, so it's quite it's quite of a madness when you look at it. City spent a year stalling on a request to supply documents and information for an FFP investigation, and then took the league to court, claiming the league's procedures were biased and illegal. The league changed their process for selecting arbitration arbitrationals for its tribute, so that each party in dispute could choose one member from a list and experts. Then those two would then be selected. So again, free from bias and uh, ensuring people are impartial. Stuff that on top of not wanting to release the documents, allegedly Manchester City. We're scared, we're scared about man and obviously Man City when Man City asked the Court of Appeal to keep all this secret however the league agreed with one condition City let the league tell any other club it was intending to take to arbitration or to, that the company's court had already backed its approach so appealing to them was a waste of time and money um, and obviously it seems like they've come to an agreement man which is quite crazy so we'll never know. This this is something that's probably still gonna rum still gonna rumble on and on and on and on. It seems like the Premier League got scared, in my opinion, and you know, run up to City people. But when you look at what's next then for this investigation, um as judges allegedly pointed out, there really was very little actual information about the state of investigation in their judgments beyond City's steadfast refusal to hand over documents the league accusing cities procedural challenges as tactical um, and a reference to City saying publication would be detrimental as they were in talks over a commercial deal early this year but that was no longer the case by late 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 June um, apparently what we can say is the league should not run into the same time barrel issues as UEFA has it has no five-year rule and it also has the benefit of additional emails to spill published after City were cleared by Cass last summer those emails appear to add more weight to the suggestion that City's main sponsor, Etihad, was substantially reimbursed for its generous support of the club by Sheikh Mansour. It is suggested that the club has flatly rejected and UEFA has not revisited. There are some fresh allegations surrounding the top, top sponsorships trick in this weekend's mail on Sunday. Many feel they have seen this before. It's also the case that the Premier League's allowable loses, losses limit, 105 million over three years, is about four times as generous as UEFA's and City, once all the permitted deductions are made, might not break that ceiling even if the, the most serious dispute allegations are proven. What is more likely is that Man City might eventually be charged with, with a charge akin to misleading the league or simply failing to comply with FFP um, inquiry. So again, that that one day is probably going to rumble on and on and on and on and on and on and on. We don't know who's guilty, who's clear and whatnot. I don't like to focus on any of that stuff because it's not irrelevant. It's not relevant to, to the, 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 the kicking of the ball on the field, people. I'll leave that to the experts. Um, staying with things on the field, or at least it should be from a tactical point of view. As you lot have seen, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer signed a new three-year contract to extend his stay as Manchester United manager at least until 2024. Apparently, this new deal contains the option of an extra year for the Norwegian, I assume provided things go well. So it's essentially a four-year deal. Whatever you say, you know, for the 48-year-old, you, if you look at it on a blasé one, you could say it's deserved because you could say he's... You know, a club like United, you don't celebrate second. And, you know, the money they've spent historically, you know, they're further away from Liverpool and City than they've ever been. But at the same time, you know, and I don't feel right. As I said, I'm an Arsenal fan, but a club like Manchester United should never, you should never say Manchester United have overachieved. You know, in, winning should be ingrained in the club's history as it is. Um, 
and definitely not celebrating second place. But at the same, and definitely saying second place isn't overachieving. But I definitely feel they overachieved last year, finishing second, and that's a pat on the back of the players. And Oli, whatever you say, we know defensively they were a bit shaky, conceded a lot of late goals, made games harder than it needed to be, had to really rely on late goal flurries or individual moments of brilliance or five to ten minute stages where throughout the ninety minute game where they might just slap in their goals. But either way. It's a 38-game calendar and it doesn't lie. You you know, you on one hand, you could say they weren't the second-best team in England. They did finish second, right? It sounds crazy. But they are. And that's a good platform to build. There's Champions League football. You know, there's a there's talk, I keep saying it, of Oli wanting to move to a more expansive way of football. Whether he's the guy to install that, we're going to have to see because he's got the, the contract. Obviously, you're seeing Varane arrive. Jaden Sancho's arrive. Big signing Varane is allegedly 41 million plus some add-ons. Great, great money for the 28 year old obviously he probably is going to get a generous signing on fees some generous bonuses and also the length of contract will be generous which again is, is the paying cost he's a proven winner so Oli's being quote-unquote backed in the market I still think what will let Man United down currently is their midfield I think they've got a good platform to build upon in defence I think there's an elephant in the room to be addressed with Dean Henderson and De Gea I don't think they could do what happened next season last season sorry of it's two men fighting for the spot. Obviously, you want that and it is, but I think someone's got to be made the number one and it's theirs to lose. As you've seen, you can't really keep two goalies. You know, Chelsea tried it with Courtois and Czech. Something had to give. Obviously, Dean Henderson and De Gea. You know, we've had Leno and Czech as well. There's been a couple examples of things. You know, PSG, Navas will probably move on or might accept being second choice. So I think... There is some, you know, if he does, if he is, if they bring in players is one, they bring in players and I accept that he wants to be a more attacking brand of football. United could be a problem next season, especially if they add. But I think they need to pattern up the midfield, even with Paul Pogba. They need, for me, I think Fred and McTominay, they're squad players at best. They're not levels in it. I think they need a real six, someone that can do what they, them two do, but offer something in the middle of the park and be a good partner for Pogba, assuming Pogba stays. Now, if Pogba leaves, then there's an issue because there's something to be said. You could have a six, you could have Pogba and you could have Bruno. Potentially, that achieves a lot of balance. Um, Pogba leaves, then for me, you've probably got to bring in a number six and somebody can do what Pogba does. Or you have to bring in two other sort of midfielders, deep line playmakers and give Bruno a quote unquote, not a 10, but a free role. He still has to defend, but he's of the midfield free. He'd have the most attacking responsibility and the less defensive still needs to defend. Say you see what I'm saying? So I think the midfield, you know, the midfield is going to obviously harm their ability to get it to their front men. They've got some tasty options. Marshall, if he stays, you know, the young Greenwood, Rashford. Jaden Sancho, um, you know, all of these sort of guys in defence, they've got good pillars, you know, Wambasaka can improve going forward, but I don't think he's as bad as man make out and Oli has to allow relationships to build in that team now. Obviously, I think in the Premier League, and I'm not saying United or anyone doesn't need to spend money, but in the Premier League, the very first thing is money, money, money. Like we live in a world, you, you spend 50 plus million on a striker, it doesn't work under one, for one year, you can sell a man. And that's the belly of the beast. But same way, you need to work with what you've got. If Oli is going to take Man United back to the pinnacle and, you know, like he did last season, finish second, got Champions League and got to a Europa League final, um, which, you know, they should have won. Um, he's got to find relationships, you know. Like I said, if Pogba was to stay, Pogba and this new midfielder with Bruno in that midfield, you know, um, the left winger and, and Luke Shaw keep going from strength to strength, developing Jadon Sancho and Wan-Bissaka's relationship down that side. Um, Harry Maguire and Varane in the spine because 
because the pivot hasn't the defensive pivot the partnership hasn't always been there but he's a bit unorthodox in how he defends and because of his injuries he's probably not a reliable option like that even though I do think he's a decent defender Lindelof's a bit hit or miss sometimes he's up for it sometimes he's not Varane I don't I still I think I don't think Varane's world-class anymore. I think he's not the Varane of yesterday, but I still think he's a quality player. I think his stock has fallen in the last 12 months. He had a tough Euros. He's had a tough season, but I still think there's a lot in him. I still think he's got a lot to give. I don't even... Yes, he's a Premier League. I mean, uh, uh, he's a, you know, World Cup winner, Champions League, all of this. He's had a great career at Madrid. All of that is relevant, but I don't really care about that. I still think he's a competent player. I think him and Maguire could be a good partnership. You know, Maguire will probably... Again, communicational barrier might be there, but Maguire strikes me as the more vocal one Varane's more leading by example not saying Varane doesn't open his mouth what I think is Varane needs an enforcer next to him as you saw in the Euros him, Kimpembe and, and Lengnet none of them they're not bad defenders, but none of them can marshal the defensive line and be the alpha male out of all of them. So it was the blind leading the blind sort of thing. I think at least Maguire will take a bit of charge. And I think at 28 years of age, you know, they're prime ages, you know. Obviously, as a centre-half, you can play forever, really. And I'm sure United will pick up a couple of younger players along the way. But that's a decent spine, you know. 28-year-old centre-half, 25, 26-year-old Luke Shaw, similar age in Wan-Bissaka. You know, midfield needs to... Need, you know, midfield's the only place I look at it, man. United and say yo what's going on there it, obviously apart from that in goal but Dean Henderson and De Gea I think they're two good keepers I just think if United, United don't fix that midfield and it doesn't have to be for big money signing a lot of it has to be with coaching how you know if it's gonna if it's not gonna be Pogba how this let's just say a number eight and the six how they work together with Bruno how Bruno ties in that midfield is gonna make the difference because United he can't go into the next season doing what happened last season you know conceding cheap goals, going behind unnecessarily, having to do the comeback king sort of stuff. And, you know, sometimes they won't play well for 90. They might be a 10-minute flurry. They, they, their quality, you know, Pogba, uh, Bruno, Greenwood, man, they're just doing a madness. I think United fans will be honest with themselves and listening to this thing. They'll know that they need to pattern up with that. And I think they've got a good squad, you know. There's a, a lot more quality to add. I do think there's one too many squad players. And I, I, I just think you add a bit more quality, it then becomes a problem of, of depth for United because obviously as you know throughout a season there's injuries and United are playing a lot of football next season they're in you know you, you've got the two domestic the, the cups to come you've got FA Cup and League Cup 38 games in the Premier League however you want to go in them competitions then obviously you've got the Champions League if United do what they did last year and get demoted to the Europa League there's even more games so I don't know if Oli's contract's deserved or not deserved. You'd have to speak to United fan, you know. I, I, I don't think he's the man long term, but at the same time, why isn't he the man? Because, you know, he's overachieved with their team. If he does really want to improve defensively and he does, you know, like do the things I've said, there's no reason that he doesn't deserve to keep his, his role. Yeah, he's not a manager of Alex Ferguson or anyone, you know, of, that carries a swagger or is known for anything you notoriously, but it is what it is, man. Um in that in that regards really and truly um so yeah man congrats to, to ollie and things like that um moving away from that you know from the two manchester clubs and things uh, and things like that uh make sure you check out my other live streams i'll probably be going live at 11 30 a.m today and obviously yesterday i did an arsenal live stream and i did one focus and i did a neutral one focused around the transfer stuff going on you know Chiesa, Varane, uh kane uh, all of these sort of things going on. Obviously, off-field as well, we spoke about Ryan Giggs and Joey Barton.
man. Absolute wrongers, you know. Absolute, the wrong sort of wrongers. Disgusting behaviour, what they're doing. And we, we covered Wayne Rooney as well, people. Um, we'll get on we'll get on to Wayne Rooney in a second, really and truly, ironically. Let me actually, I've, I think I've got it here. I actually need to make the screen, well, the images smaller so I can actually see what I'm reading to you lot. But as you lot know, Wayne Rooney, for me, for someone who's, listen, I've, I, I, it's, it's not funny, in it? But it is kind of funny. Like, Wayne Rooney is just doing a lads thing. He must be one of the best managers to play for. And his name's in the headlines too much, you know. It's his first full season, I believe, as a championship gaffer. He's not said he'll walk from Derby, but he said there's not a lot of players. You'd expect most people to be working, working, working in pre-season. After a friendly, he found time to go out and stuff, and I'm sure you all saw... Depending on how you look at it, disturbing or whatever scenes with with Ryan um, with with Wayne Rooney with you know slightly younger girls to taking pictures of him. You know he looks like he's falling asleep. You know it's after party gone wrong in it. He's he's not he, he's fully realised he's not eighteen twenty anymore. He's not one of the young boys anymore. Sort of thing. And I just think Rooney's in the headlines for no reason. Like even in today, you're seeing he's Jason Knight. He's out for twelve weeks after a tackle from Rooney. You know, obviously tackles happen in training. There's nothing. Well, there is something wrong with it, but there's nothing wrong with it. But it's just a next headline that your name's there, and I'm sure Derby fans are sick to their stomach of this, especially if it, if the season doesn't hit off. But apparently, Wayne Rooney's representatives have contacted the police over what they believe was an illicit attempt to entrap the Derby boss with a range of explicit photographs. So yeah, them girls better off. They should have signed their NDAs or Wayne Rooney should have taken phones and put them in a drawer because now they're probably going to get hit with the liability bag in it. So I hope it was worth it, man. I mean, they look like young, impressionable 20-odd girls, 20-odd aged girls. What do you expect? They're going to do this, the Snapchat and all those sort of things. And one looked like they farted on Rooney, which looked a bit disturbing. But anyways, these images I'm, I'm speaking about went viral on social media on Sunday, appearing to show the former Man United and England player asleep in a hotel room surrounded by a group of young women there's no suggestion that Rooney acted inappropriately or even that he was aware of what was going on around him so was he drugged up or, or alcohol uh, off the alcohol or was he just sleeping um Allegedly, people close to Rooney have confirmed to Sky Sports News that the matter has now been handed over to Greater Manchester Police, who have yet to comment. And maybe this is saving face. And the one people I feel sorry for is obviously his long-term wife that's been with him from the start, who now is probably fielding a lot of calls from her friends and family and everyone else and their kids. Now, I know it's summer holidays, but these lot have friends and, you know, kids can be quite evil and, you know... In the best of days, you're, we're all prisoners in our own homes now because of lockdown and things, you know, and things like that. I know... Things have started to open up, but more you don't want to see any of this really and truly. Um, so yeah, Sp focusing on 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 field battles from one England international I actually liked to one who was a quality defender, but one obviously after the racist thing I haven't got much time for. Let's keep it short and sweet. John Terry allegedly has left his role as Aston Villa assistant head coach after three years um, working for Dean Smith, and obviously the forty-year-old for, former England and Chelsea skipper. Um, obviously, you know he's done he done well at Villa. He joined as a player, he got his coaching badges, and he now looks like he's going off to take the next step wherever that is. Allegedly he said my immediate plan is to spend some quality time with my family and thereafter hopefully take some invitations to visit clubs and managers around Europe to develop my aim and objective to become a manager it has always been my ambition to move into football management and providing the right opportunity presents itself I feel ready to take up such a challenge 
And I would say good luck, but I wish the worst on you, my brother. Um, but anyways, moving away from that, and you, like I said, one one coach left one role, another coach has left as Arsenal assistant coach Albert Stevenberg has left his position as Welsh assistant coach to focus on his responsibilities with the Premier League club. Um, the Football Association on, on, of Wales on Monday confirmed his departure from the national setup. Allegedly, the 50-year-old was um, appointed to the role by Ryan Giggs in 2017, having worked with him at Manchester United. The Dutchman remained a member of Robert Page's coaching staff as he deputised for Ryan Giggs, who, again, is in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, headbutting his wife and throwing her out the hotel room naked. He deputised for Ryan Giggs as Wales boss during the Euro 2020 or European Championships, obviously in which Wales reached the last 16, folks. Now, there's going to be a lot of non... There is a lot of nonsense where the VAR is concerned, people, and there's going to be a lot more um, drama and things like that. There's a no number of new laws coming online, allegedly, people. Apparently, Premier League VARs are set to use thicker lines in games this season to, dis to determine marginal decisions. An agreement to use thicker lines followed a presentation by the PGMOL, Professional Game of Manage... Uh, professional professional game match officials limited referees chief mike riley to clubs at their annual general meeting in june there's apparently i haven't got it to hand but there's apparently premier league managers and things are apparently meeting in relation to covid passports as well as we know probably from october you know you ain't gonna really get to go to football matches and pubs and all of these things if you haven't got these quote-unquote Covid passports haven't been vaccinated and things, you know, they can't force you to do it, but they can make your life unbearable. You know, they're going to make it. You can't fly out. You can't do this. You can't do that to the point where people are like, F it, let's get it, which again, you know, I think it should be at people's discretion whether they want it or not, really, especially as we're learning not just a lot about this virus. It feels like this medicine has been put together. And, you know, I do think they haven't even advertised it well, because there's this logic that you take the COVID vaccine and you can't catch COVID and then people catch COVID. And what does that pe lead people to say? Oh, it's a scam. The government, the Illuminati 5G. Well, no, once again, this, you know, when it's all said and done, especially in England, the government, I would like to say they've got a lot to answer for, but the individuals will not be there. There's a lot to answer for with how they've handled COVID, with how they, you know, every day you're seeing MPs speak about Boris Johnson and reveal what he said. It's, it's quite disgraceful. And I think it's a lesson that the government do not care about you. But less conspiracy theorists, DG and more football people. Um, apparently, the PGMOL hopes the change will give the benefit back to the attacking team after the Premier League clubs gave feedback in a VAR survey last season. Apparently, the, uh, apparently lawmakers, it, according to lawmakers, this laws, these laws don't, however, specify maximum thickness for the lines under laws of the game this should rule out incidences where a pl player's toe has led to a goal being ruled out cases which many fans players and pundits were, were felt were ruining the game um, apparently it is as of yet unclear how thick the lines will be made or whether the Premier League will follow the Dutch Eredivisie model where if the final red and blue lines are touching the, the original on-field decision remains in that case the word thicker would actually be misleading what this hopefully means is the final image produced by VAR will be conclusive to viewers perception as we know from the two years of VAR in the Premier League is everything I still think there'll be a lot of division because again I'm being a conspiracy theorist, but I don't think they want this to get right. I think one beautiful thing about the Premier League is that, you know, Man City could be playing Liverpool. They're both fighting for the Premier League. And, you know, one of them could beat each other, beat the other team 5-0. And then the next week, 
a team, Brentford might get promoted and then like you saw with Aston Villa, well, they weren't promoted but smacked up Liverpool. Brentford might smack them up 3-4-0 and I think when you add the randomness together with the um, the VAR and the conscientious moments and the talking points, talking points equals viral videos equals engagements. I think the Premier League like this. I think they like it. I think they don't want the right decisions. I think they love it personally. That's just me. I don't think they want the right decisions. I think they tell you that, but, you know, it drives up interest and it keeps Premier League being number one amongst other things, people. And this just confuses people. Man, are talking about thicker lines and that, you know. Only time I want to talk about thick things is galley and that. But anyways, people, it's a bit poor. And then when you move on to armpits and offsides, apparently... Um, that's FIFA's clarification. Apparently, accidental handball in a build-up to a goal will no longer be deemed an offence. The word, here, the crucial word here is build-up. It will still be an offence if an accidental handball directly creates the chance that 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 scores the goal, scores the goal itself. There's also new language around how a player makes their body un, unnaturally bigger in a handball situation. The new language is a player is considered to have made their body unnaturally bigger when the position of their hand slash arm is not a consequence of or justifiable by the player's body movement for that specific situation. By having their hand slash arm in such position, the player takes a risk of their hand slash arm being hit by the ball and being penalised. Um, so yeah, it's quite confused people you know um th but this obviously means the handball law no longer specifies that a particular position or anything other than a standard silhouette of the body um is considered unnatural people so yeah more and there's probably a bunch of rules so again confusion 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 as i said they love it because then they can get the when they have bt which everyone has to pay for and whatnot and i'm sure bt play premier league the rights you rule out this referee you know who can you know who's given a lot to the game and refereed for more years than the young fans have been alive and then he comes and blurs the lines and provides an equally different but com equally as confusing perspective then you've got the, the pundits raging then you obviously have the natural emotions of the players of both teams whoever benefits or doesn't and the managers and things they like this talking points they love it they love it you know they love it comment there needs to be balance of common sense to go with it they love it they don't want to fix this i'm telling you people but moving away from all of that though folks it is what it is in that regards man what else is there to speak about i actually think i've spoken about everything so far folks um a rather humorous sort of one, people. Allegedly, Chelsea goalkeeper Kepa has apologised to Surrey over the 2019 Cat Yarabal Cup final confusion, which he looked like he failed to be subbed. For extended comments, go on the player tribute, but allegedly he said, I tried to signal that I was okay and that I wasn't injured, but we were at Wembley in front of more than 80,000 people. So, of course, Surrey didn't understand me. When the fourth official raised the board, clearly I should have come off, and, I, and I'm sorry I didn't. I was wrong, and I'm sorry everyone who was involved for Sarri who it seemed like I had undermined in public for Willy Caballero a teammate and a great professional and for all my teammates and Chelsea fans who had put up with everything all the noise that was generated during the game and in the days after that's what he said um so it is what it is in, in, in that regards, folks. Um, to wrap up this podcast, I think we need to get into the transfer news. As I said, Rafael Varane is all but a Manchester United player and a fantastic signing, in my humble opinion. As I said, Manchester United agree FIFA Real Madrid defender. He's joining for an initial fee of around 34 million people. Final details are still to be agreed, but the 28-year-old told Real Madrid he had no wish to extend his current contract. The deal for Varane is likely to reach 42 million with add-on so that makes it even more of a still certain man paid 50 million for Ben White after one season in the league hope it works out apparently the payment has reduced the fee United will 
um, the payment has reduced the fee United will pay for the player. I think that's obvious. Apparently, Real Madrid have made a solidarity payment to Rafael Varane's previous clubs for their part in his development. So, Lens stand to uh, make a decent profit after, obviously, they got the initial fee because, remember, Man United did want to go for Varane and they've got him, what, I'd say, 10 or so years later. And he's played for two of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest clubs in the world, you know. I know it's not the Man United of previous. It's not quite the United that wanted him under Salix Ferguson. But financially, it's going to be a fantastic move. 28-year-old, you're playing for a big club. I'm not saying Varane wasn't a leader, but I've never looked at Varane at Real Madrid as the leader. Do you get it, people? It's like you look at, you've had historically Marcelo, Benzema, Modric, Kroos, Ramos. You know, I'm not saying he's never been a leader, but he's never, he's been playing well, but he's never been the leader. At France, he's obviously there, but you had Pogba, you had Kante, you had, you know, based off the World Cup, you had Giroud, you had Griezmann, you had all of these guys. Even in the last, even in the last Euros, he didn't do much. Do you get it? At United, he's the leader. Do you get it? Like I said, my is going to be the vocal one, but man are looking at Varane to be a leader. Sad thing about Premier League fans is that, you know, they're not going to care that. They're going to see it. It happens with everyone. It happened with Ozil, it happened with Pogba, it happens with Varane, it happened with Havertz. When guys are playing week in, week out and you're watching them, it's not that they're not as good as you think they are. They're not as invincible, as in as immortal as you think they are. Like, obviously, when I hear Varane or top-class players or even Sergio Ramos if he Premier League, I assume you're Thanos, basically, because you're a top player. But then you might see little bits in their game where they struggle with. And I think, for me, Varane's not world-class anymore, but that doesn't mean he's not a world-class player. I just think he's gone off the boil. I do think he, he's struggled a bit, but sometimes a new environment can change. And he's still, for me, going to be one of the best centre-halves in the league. He's still a good centre-half, a quality centre-half half a top 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 centre half but he's going to be a leader man are looking at you as yo World Cup winner you know played in Euros you know Real Madrid this is a a naive I would look at it United side it is quite naive because you know Luke Shaw's coming into his own and he's a good player but he needs a bit of confidence Lingard's there is a bit of a confidence man Wan-Bissaka's still learning the tricks and trades of a centre half Maguire's been around the block at Hull and what not you know De Gea's been around the block you know Henderson is still learning I'd say Bruno Fernandes while he's been at Sporting and played for his country he's still quite immature compared to his age that's why he got rubbed out for Portugal he's still learning you know I don't know what they're doing in the midfield you've got a very young I don't want to keep saying young but you know Rashford's footballing IQ is probably behind what I'd expect it to be not his ability his ability is top but he's still learning Greenwood is a young G you know Diallo's there and there's a couple other you so he's gonna have to be the guy you know you can't I always say you can't look at him to, to change everything. You can't look at him and go, yo, Mr. Real Madrid, he knows what Man United of old used to be. He's going to change it. He can't improve the defence alone. He can make a difference because he's a quality player. But United's defence is only going to get better if Oli can tie in a good partnership between him and I assume Maguire or Maguire and someone else or Varane and someone else in the event that either gets dropped due to injury or whatever. You know, improving, you know, Wan-Bissaka and whatnot. You know, he can, you know, he can't, he can help change and, and be a positive example but he can't change it alone so it's a quality signing and a decent you know United have mismanaged for a 28 year old for 42 million I know he's probably the only thing is he's probably going to be on big wages but for United it's like I don't think it's a bad signing unless it doesn't work out you know United has you know 80 million on Maguire you know 50 on Wambasaka, even though I'm doing Wambasaka dirty because I think he's worth it. You know, historically mismanaging finances, you know, Pogba, you know, I'm not saying Pogba's a flop, but I'm just trying to trying to paint a picture. Martial, Ballon d'Or clauses and everything. He's probably further away than when he joined. 
this is you know they've done a lot worse this is a this is you know i wouldn't say it's exit proof and things because it is an expensive deal you know money's money but i think Varane's going to be a quality signing people you know 78 caps for france as well like he's a big signing but he can't change it alone as you lot know um lemay not you know for spurs Son has signed a new deal. That's a good signing, especially as Kane drags his feet. Um, they've signed Sevilla's Brian Gill. He was on loan at Aubar last season. You know, he's a 20-year-old. He made 14 appearances for Sevilla, all as a substitute. You know, I think he's a very good player. You know, he's going to have to improve a lot physically anyways, but especially enjoying the Prem. But he can, you know, he can take on a man. He can link up. He plays with his head up. He's a decent player. He's capped three times for Spain. You know, he's got a lot of development to, to do. And I don't know when his Spurs career will get going because he's participating at the Olympics. But he's quite a good signing, people. Um, you know, he, for me, he's a very good signing. lemaine has, has gone the other way, people. So that means, you know, when you look at it, Ericsson, um, Soldado, Paulinho, Capue, Vlad Kirikes, Chadley, and obviously Lemayne are the players that were all signed with that 85 million that let Bell go. You know, Bell's probably been more of a success than a, a few of them, really. You know, he's now gone. Um, you know, it's a bit deep. He scored one of the goals of the season against us in a game they lost, and he's gone. Like I said, Brian Gill's got a lot of development to be to do. People, he finished. He played for Aibar last season um, as they finished bottom of the table. 28 games, four goals. Now, in a more attacking team, you might see a lot more out of him. He's one for the future. He's one that they've got a coach. But he's a good signing, in my humble opinion, people, um, for what it's worth. I hope you've all seen as well, off topic, but apparently PSG, um, PSG, um, PSG forward Neymar and Barcelona have settled their legal dispute, people. Um, you know, they've reached an out-of-court agreement with their former player to end a legal dispute in an amic amicable fashion, people. Apparently, Neymar claimed Barca refused to pay him 37.2 million old in royalty bonuses after his 200 move to PSG in 2017. Um, obviously, there's been legal proceedings and things like that. Um, apparently, Neymar was ordered to pay... Um, Barca 6.1 million last June but reports said he had appealed against the decision and launched a new case which is now void apparently you know a statement said um, as such a transact a transaction agreement between the club and the players been signed to end the legal cases that were pending between the two parties so nice to see they've come to an agreement people but going going back to transfer news when we look at it man um, we've spoken about man united but it seems like one center half in one center half out because axel to shaby 23 year old apparently neymar a um, man said neymar newcastle are pushing to sign him and they want allegedly maitland niles axel joe willett colin gallagher they're trying to use the top clubs into their benefit you know, Aaron Ramsey will be 31 this year and he's on a big contract at Juventus. Apparently that hasn't deterred Juventus as they are keen to sell him this summer. Um, he's seen as a burden on the club's finances. And another example in world football of how a free transfer can be very expensive as an Arsenal fan. I know it. I've seen it. Mkhitaryan, Willian, Kolasinac. We don't learn our lessons. And Aaron Ramsey's agent played a blinder. As you lot know, Ben White is expected to have his medical tomorrow, which is Wednesday, ahead of a completing a £50 million deal to Arsenal from Brighton. Apparently, Man United are prepared to listen to offers for eight members of their side, Martial, Dan James and Phil Jones. I mean, I'd take Martial. I mean, how much do they want? It does seem like Mar I wouldn't want to sell him because if someone gets injured, but it does seem like something's got to give, you know. You've got Diallo, who if Diallo goes on loan, something could be said but you know guys that if i'm man united i'll take seriously and look to use in no order martial diallo greenwood rashford 
Sancho, that's five, and at best three man can play four if you you know if you force it and put Greenwood as a ten and that. Um, something needs to give in it. I think you need a squad because suddenly if something happens to Rashford, then you know you've got other people. But I get it. You know they've probably done the Martial thing. It's been a long one of dramas. They might want to keep it moving. For me, Dan James should never have been at Man United. He's not good enough. He had the OK Euros. Sell him. You know Leeds are keep trying to buy him. You can make your 15, 20 on him which I think is a fleece. He should not be at Man United. He hasn't got the confidence to play for Man United. He hasn't got the ability and he's too one-dimensional. Um, beyond being a squad player, I don't see how Dan James is part of it. But again, Oli knows more about football than me and he uses him. So it is what it is, people. Um, they're prepared to listen to offers for Jesse Lingard, who signed a new deal and apparently he'll only leave if the right offer goes, people. Um Apparently, De Gea could also leave on loan or permanently, along with Paul Pogba, Martial, Pereira, Brandon Williams, Jesse Lingard, Alex Tellez, who they basically just signed, Phil Jones, um, Delot, um, are all available people. And I said Axel Tshaby could go if right offers are there, as well as Dan James. Um, Lukaku is happy at Inter Milan, and Inter Milan have said they're not selling him. You've seen the statement, despite interest from Chelsea. Crystal Palace are close to completing the signing of 25-year-old Leon and Denmark defender Justin Anderson, who had a spell on loan at Fulham last season. So I'm sure he wouldn't have to change too much of his living arrangements or maybe get a permanent yard. That would be a very good signing for Crystal Palace. You know, Anderson and, and and Gurhi, that seems to be quite the rebuild for Crystal Palace, really and truly. You know, they've got some good signings and Vieira's there, so I'm hoping they can do all the best. Apparently, Aston Villa are to bid to sign Bayern Leverkusen's Jamaican winger Leon Bailey, but it has been complicated by interest shown by Everton, Wolves, Southampton and Leicester, and he could be available for 30 million, the 23-year-old. I need a Jamaican in the Premier League. He'll be the best winger in the Premier League, such as my shamelessness, if he does sign, so hopefully that's been done. Spurs are being linked with some very good signings, and I've told you... Um, that Patrici guy that they've signed will get them some good sourcing signings and things like that. Allegedly, they want to sign Christian Romeo, 23 from Atalanta, the Argentine centre-half. Quite decent, to be fair with you. Juventus have told Cristiano Ronaldo they expect him to stay at the club this season. Um, uh, Barcelona... Barcelona's better yet Anton Griezmann is open to a wage cut and we've seen João Laporte said all possibilities are open with Griezmann however they're yet to receive any contacts from clubs interested in signing the French forward Shakiri apparently looks set to leave Liverpool this summer with Lazio and Napoli key, key, keen sorry, and apparently the 29 year old winger has told them he wishes to leave Arsenal are considering a move for Portuguese winger João He's 18 and is available for £1 million. Um, I'm sure I've seen him play for Portugal at youth level. Um, West Ham are keen on Denmark defender Larsen, 30-year-old, who's in the last year of his contract at Udinese. Arnautovic will arrive in Italy this week, um, completing a move from Chinese side Shanghai Port to Bologna. Leeds United and Crystal Palace are interested in signing Chelsea and England under-21 midfielder Colin Gallagher on loan. Arsenal and Ajax goalkeeper Runnison is set to join Turkish side, at, side sorry, Atalaya on loan for the rest of the season. Um, Japanese striker Moto of Newcastle 29 is in talks to join Greek side Solonika after spending last season on loan at Ibar. Um, Sam Volks, 31-year-old, is being close to being signed by League One side Wickham. Um, and finally, 
Stoke are interested in signing 23-year-old Keenan Davis from Aston Villa on a loan deal, folks. So there isn't too much popping in, in terms of transfers. Hopefully Arsenal can sign a right-back, a centre midfielder and get the Ben White deal completed. If you're Chelsea, I know you want a striker. You know, Chiesa, you know, Liverpool did bid for Chiesa. If you're Liverpool, you want to see more of that. So it is what it is. We've spoken about Manchester City's probe. We've spoken about, you know... Kepa, we've spoken about the new Premier League rules, we've spoken about Rooney, we've spoken about a lot of things. I didn't think we'd be here that long, people. Nonetheless, we've made it work and it's been a fantastic podcast in this 40-odd minutes. As I said, I'm probably going to be live at 11.30am, so please make sure you're heading over to my YouTube, Deluded Gooner, and subscribing. Check out the DG merch. Obviously, I always stream on Twitch at the same time as YouTube, and there's a lot of Twitch specific content i'm coming with and started already for instance q a show for the members of my people that are members and you'll know you know you'll have two q a's but obviously if you don't if you don't get the opportunity to ask me questions subscribe to me on twitch and that will be your opportunity to do such people on friday Pardon me. So yeah, Deludaguna on Twitch, Deludaguna04 on everything, people. Deguna04 on Snapchat. You know, all information in relation to, you know, all the socials are in the description of this video. Same, I mean, podcast, same way I, I tell you a lot about the topics. It's been a fantastic pod. I'll see you lot, in relation to the pod. I'll see you lot on, on Friday. Big up all the Spotify and Apple gang because you lot are probably listening to this before. It's gone on YouTube. Shout out to you freeloaders on YouTube. Either way, I'm happy to ha have you lot here. As I said, I'm always thankful for the support that you guys give me. The the, critics, the positive um, comments, the constructive criticisms, the encouragement, you know, the level of support you always tell me how my, my, the content I do always provides value and that makes me feel like I'm you know that provides value to me it's a mutual exchange knowing we're all benefiting each other so like I said it's been a fantastic pod I'm gonna love and leave you I'm not gonna keep you any here any longer please make sure you've hit the like buttons you're following on all the socials you're doing what you need to do it's Tuesday so please make sure you're moving that much closer to your goals dreams hopes and aspirations and I'll catch you lot on Friday people deluded i'm out god bless wishing you abundance of hit of riches people physically mentally spiritually financially and the rest of it i hope you have a great day and a great end to the weekend in whatever you lot are doing from now till friday and i'll like i said i'll buck you lot on friday in relation to the dg pod in the meantime there'll be a bunch of other content on youtube and twitch and such go and check out the other dg podcast episodes if you haven't go and check out the youtube content and whatever i keep saying i'm gonna go i'm really gonna go now people deluded god bless thank you for having having me and once again good morning to everyone good morning good afternoon good evening and good night bye